Renee, Captain Evil. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited too. You know, I've, I've always had this, this vision of what the podcast should be, you know, and, yes. and, and to me, it, you know, I, I like to give a real life version, version of our marriage, uh-huh. right. And the day to day and the things that, that we as a couple, right. um, struggle with, but I always had this idea that, that we would also, um, be talking to other couples yeah, and finding out their love story, yeah. what, what, you know, they go through on a day-to-day basis. Right. Um, and we're lucky enough to live in New Braunfels, Texas. Uh-huh. And we've been friends with, now that I look at it, well, quite some time, we've been friends with... with Since we lived in California. With Randy Rogers and, and Chelsea Rogers. And for those of you that don't know Randy, um, look him up. Uh, one of the best... Uh, Texas country singers out there, country singers out there. Yeah. He's got some amazing, amazing, amazing songs. I, I encourage you to to put Kiss Me in the Dark. Yes. Um, there's so many good ones. And he's got a new song coming out with a collaboration, and I'll let him talk about it more. Um, but I, I'm just excited that this is going to be our first couple. They're our first in the podcast studio guests. Yes. Now I'm excited to have another female on, if I'm being honest. Like, that's what I'm most excited about, is to have, like, a strong... Because Chelsea is a strong female, and I'm excited to have her But in. that's kind of the stuff I want to talk about, because it does take a strong female to deal with having a husband who is on the road, uh, having a husband who is a... To um, deal with, to balance. We'll yes. Say balance. To that balance, to balance... Um, all that comes with a touring act, yeah. right? Um, so that's kind of the stuff that I want to get into with them is, is really talk about their love story, uh-huh. where they met, how they met, you know, Randy's love for music and, and how that happened. And then really get into, um, the struggles of marriage, number one. And then yeah. on top of that, a family, as family. you're like talking, I heard out loud, you're going, mom, mom. Yeah, I think mine, 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 mine. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, a very good friend of ours, an amazingly talented man with his beautiful wife, Randy and Chelsea. And we're back. <laughs> and, all right, so here we are. We, you know, we talked about um, Randy and his wife Chelsea, and and we recorded a little before us. you guys. We did, okay. a, yeah, we did a little intro. We with chatted you guys. about you. How excited um, we were to have you. We're really excited because we, you know, Renee and I spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about our marriage, our life, our kids, and what what it's like for Renee and I with me on tour constantly. And we wanted you guys on because you're married to a man who happens to be on tour. So let's start from the beginning, Chelsea, the love story. How did you guys meet? At a bar. We met at a bar. Um, How did we meet? Um, We met in Steamboat at that music festival. What were you, were you just there? I went with, I was a nurse and I went with a group of nurses. Um, I never knew that about you. You used to be a nurse. I knew you did like makeup, you makeup artist, but I didn't know you were a You realized that Renee was like, really? Did you hear? (laughs) I know. You're a nurse. (laughs) That's like how people see me when they meet my wife and they're like, oh, really? That's your wife? I'm like, I think you just called me ugly. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) So mad. So mad. I'm like, why? So yeah, we did. We met um, our two friends had hooked up the night before and we were their wing people. 
Yeah, the next oh, day. Oh, that's the, fun. At the bar the next day. Interesting. Because she didn't want it to count it as a one night stand. So if you go the next day, it doesn't count. Then it's a two date. We were dating. Yeah. We so were then dating. It's, it's not, you're technically, it's not. So, a so was it so awkward on day two? Because you were literally just like. No, well, not for me. No. I wasn't the one that was the one night stander. So I just got to go watch it all go down. And Randy was the other, all the, the wing person. So what's, what's going through your head? Are you like, all right, just another girl on the road? Or, or did you guys start hitting it off? And you're like, wait a minute, this girl's really cool. Well, I mean, we hit it off right off the bat. Um, she actually hit it off with my manager, Enzo, first. And so they were kind of talking at the bar. Well, I mean, I was chatting. We had, he was getting married. I wasn't hitting it off with anybody. So, yeah, like, so I, I just, <laughs> no, but hitting it off in the sense of we're just you're having a good up. conversation. You know, she was combo. just being friendly. I was like, hey, so you're, oh, you're getting married? So where are you getting married? <gasps> da, da, da. And then. And I wonder if Enzo in his head is like, oh my God, this girl's. Why am I getting married? Right. Why am I getting married? This hot chick no, is talking to me right now. But I, I totally played the, um, I'm playing the festival. My name is Randy Rogers <laughs> Band card. And so my sister. Well, is, hold on. Did you already know who he was? I know. I mean, like I had, my, I'm not, I mean, I like all different music. So I had a Texas country music playlist and everyone got two spots. So, I mean, I had two spots. <laughs> So, but I'd never been to a show. I want to know who's on that two spots. Was it? I mean, all your Texas country people or all your red dirt people. I mean, your America. Whatever you call it. Whatever that is that Randy does. Um. The thing thing of the, not the mainstream people. So you didn't know who Randy was. Mm -hmm. Because I, he told me, I was like, oh, so you're playing. That's so great. So, um, what, when are you guys playing? And we'll come support you. And he was like, oh, we're playing the, the Big Ten. Oh, well, that's good. You must, big be like, you must be a big deal. What band is it? He's like, the Randy Rogers Band. Oh, that's awesome. What instrument do you play? And he's like, oh, I mean, I'm Randy. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. wow. I mean, it really was. That, she is telling the truth. She didn't put two and two together, but she was also inebriated. Yeah. No, were, I mean, yeah. it was 2 p.m. Not yeah. that so, inebriated. So this is after altitude. Is this, is, altitude. this is after your friend hooked up. With a, just the a friend. The next morning, yeah. A friend. And then the next morning, you're like, well, you should come hang out. Yeah, they were watching football at the Sheridan, actually. The Sheridan Bar. Yeah. And then you were like, you should hang Springs. Out. So, because where were you living at that point? Fort Worth. So, you're in Fort Worth, and then were you living here already? I was in Austin. Oh, so you're in Austin. And yeah. I, lived in, I lived in Austin for six or seven years, and then it was getting kind of big, and they were like, the new Austin is Fort Worth. So, I moved to Fort Worth for a year, and I did not... It was, to country and I was like oh my gosh I want to go back to Austin so we met and I lived on Rogers Street which was kind of fun that is that was a sign from God yes that that is a sign that's totally God. a sign and so so how does it continue from there from there um we didn't talk for like two months yeah yeah and you were happy and free <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> so, were you, so you're thinking about her to be fully honest, we were both going through a divorce at the time. Right. So. And I sent him an email. I wish you had the email because it was like, hey, I mean, I think I threw up and he let me sleep in his bed and like, but, you know, and I sent him a thing like, hey, you know, girls just aren't all losers. And like, you know, you're, <laughs> I'm so sorry, but you're going to find someone one day and you're going to be really happy. And I just wish you the best of luck. And thanks for helping me out. And that was a great night. And like, 
Was See that you later. What, was that a sincere move by yeah, you? Yeah, I was, was like, like, oh, I mean, well, I was like, oh, maybe me and him. No, I was like, oh no, like he'll never ever call me again because I just royally messed that one up. So I just sent him like a nice little, hey, you're gonna be great. And well, have I a had good, a party. Have a I had a party that night. That really, what happened was I had a suite at the, um, not at the Sheridan. It was at the the Grand. Um, and steamboat. Yeah, we're all the people. We're all the people. So I had this huge suite. And then after the after the shows, everybody comes up to the suite. You would be telling jokes. Michael Martin Murphy was there playing guitar. Uh, there was ten other artists. We were passing a guitar around, and I invited her up to the suite because it was just a party with like I don't know fifty people, and everybody was kind of doing their own thing. And I was sitting like Indian style, staring at Michael Martin Murphy playing his guitar, and kind of in a trance and. You know, Apparently, I, kinda, I was drinking all the drinks. Yeah, she was probably <laughs> she was nervous, and, uh, and so you know, I lost, like I'm gonna marry her. That, I, lost, I, lost, I lost track of her uh, because we had just met. I didn't. I mean, it was just a friend, right? I'd say yeah. come up and party. So I didn't even know where she went. Uh, eventually, I did. someone someone came to let me know that she wasn't feeling well, and then no, I was asleep in the bathroom. Yeah, so. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see her um, again on that trip. So that was it. No, I didn't, I didn't see her again. And then uh, I randomly got an email. You know, like she said a few months later, it was like, "Yo, wasn't the best." No, I was on the way because I'm like, I feel so bad. That's embarrassing. What's so I'm it? like, "Hey, like before, like the day I got back, I sat and sent him an email." Like that. That was fun. Thank you. Listen, best of luck. Sorry, I threw up in your so bathroom. Sorry, that was so embarrassing. I'm so sorry. So then a few months later. Um, I was playing a show in Stephenville, and I rented a car, and I drove to Granbury, where she was visiting her grandma. We met halfway, because I was like, you might be crazy. Took her out to lunch. <laughs> oh, so you were, you were like, hey, we should do lunch. We should. Well, I think we needed a redo. Yeah, that was the term, I think. You but there's, there's something cool, too, about, about now you're on, I don't even know the word I'm trying to use here, but now it's a different... It's a different atmosphere, mm-hmm. right? It's not Randy's show. It's not after the show. It's not a party. It's let's talk. Yeah, us. it just it, it didn't just happen. We're like both making an effort and meeting halfway. Yeah, we had a good date, and then we decided to have another date, and then another date turned into you know to where we're at now. That was it. Y'all's house here. Yeah. So, so who was the decision to move to New Braunfels? Um, we decided to move out of Austin. And we moved to Spring Branch because it was just starting to get kind of bit, just bigger. And right. Well, can I, let's back up, though, and we're going to go talk about our story. One of my favorite parts of our story is that, so she was in Fort Worth, and part of my guys live in, well, part of my band lives in Fort Worth, or the greater Fort Worth, Dallas area. So the bus would have to stop in Fort Worth on the way home. And so the bus would drop me off, like, at her house. Like, we, she lived right by TCU. You could come down by the zoo in Fort Worth, and then go over and the, there was just like this perfect route where there's no trees and the bus could just like drop me off in front of her house and so she worked 7 p.m to 7 a.m and so the bus would drop me off at 6 i'd let myself into her house take out the dog 6 a.m fall asleep fall asleep for like a second she would get off work with all her girlfriends and her friend her roommate was a nurse the reason what we met her roommate um was also a nurse and so They'd be ready to drink. And so I would hop back up. <laughs> at 8 a.m. You know, at Have beers. And go over to Fuzzy's. So happy. So your, happy. Your, your shift's over. Yeah. And you're like, like, I didn't hey, go back we... until 7 p.m. the next night. So 
So you go, you drink till noon, sleep pass till out, seven. And then, right. So we go over to Fuzzy's Tacos and have uh, big beers and eat shrimp tacos at like so happy seven in the morning. It's and like then Randy's I, dream life. Go, go, go back and sleep until four in the afternoon. You know, and do it Perfect. all over again. So yeah. so happy. It was well, an interesting. So you guys were on the same schedule. Oh yeah, same schedule. It was an interesting uh, four or five months of that. Yeah, but it was fun. Tumultuous. That's like, you know what that reminds me of is Steve used to, when he was on tour, I was living in New York, but he was in LA and I was in school. So instead of flying in and out of LA for his gigs, he would just, he'd come stay with me for a little bit and fly in and out of New York or I'd meet him in oh, so yeah, so, or whenever yeah, he was on I the was East doing, Coast. You know, if I was doing DC, for example, I was like, well, why am I going to go back to LA? Yeah, you would just right? stay in New York. I'm boning this chick in New York. I might as well <laughs> stay there. Stay there, right? And she had this. Uh, Free place to stay. She, she lived in a one bedroom. I was not a nurse. I was a broke ass college student. <laughs> she had a one bedroom with twin beds. And then the other roommate lived in the living room. But we had a curtain that like partitioned. Nice. So I think we would sleep on a freaking twin bed together. <laughs> And now we have these king size, but I'm like, how do we ever sleep? Oh, we did that for, we slept on a full for the first three years. Yeah. Where literally your hand is in each other's And now it's like, what? So so at what point does the Randy Rogers band thing wear off? Is there ever a moment of like, oh, now I'm just with Randy? Yeah. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. Right? Yeah. Pretty quick. I mean, you know, I think, I don't know. I just feel like I just, that it's just not my I'm not it's not my thing so I've never I'm like that's his job that's what he does I think it's wildly entertaining you know like it's fun it suits it suits what I like to do I like to change all the time and travel and do all that but as far as like I I will go so far like I will not even now they're like what's your husband is your so is he yeah he travels for work like <laughs> right. uh-uh, uh-uh. don't even not yeah, even throwing it right. out there but but there there has to be um a moment where you guys were probably you were on tour because I when I met you guys you guys were in LA together. oh yeah we went everywhere yeah it was so nice because I worked three days so I could just take off and go on the you know and the bus would just swing by I'm sure the guys on the, on the bus, bus loved it <laughs> loved it they loved having yeah, we me as a, as a bus go, mate we wouldn't go more than four days without hanging out so yeah because I when I wow. went I'd go on and I'd see you know I'd watch, you know, people on tour doing things. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it seems to me that the couples, and it's not always the case, but a lot, that the couples that are together the most seems like they, that makes the most sense. Or else you don't have the same shared experiences and you... Yeah, no, I... I we, you know, you, part, yeah. We, have a, we have an older couple that we hang out with and they're an amazing couple. And I remember Rich telling me one time, he goes, hang out with your wife. You can't get in trouble. He's yeah. Like, if you go to Vegas, take your wife. If you're yeah, on the road, I mean, take you know, your, you, know yeah. you can't get in trouble. I just figured four days was like, that's after that, I feel like you kind of have different stories, you know, and what, then you don't have a shared experience. What about Randy's life and job surprised you the most? Oh, that's a hard question. Randy's life and job. Because um, well, I, I think, like people, in the beginning, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I'm lucky enough that, you know, Randy and I play basketball. I see Randy at the house, right? And, but people don't realize that, like me, you're stepping away for phone calls and meetings. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. I think that, that was it. As I, I kind of would take him as an artsy person, but he's abs- the opposite. Way more like organized and like the work side of it versus the artsy side of it. I would just think that singers would be like, 
show up to the show and sing the songs. But I mean, and yeah. I think there are probably some that do, right? That some just, that do. All they do is sing, and they don't mm-hmm. deal with any other bullshit. Um, but you seem to be more of a control freak. This <laughs> <laughs> man. So, <laughs> is he the control one in the relationship? Because Renee's to me the the, the control, control one in, in all. I'm like I would say I would say it's half and half on some things. I mean we figured out what who does what. I mean I for think sure because you're, you're the boss. Like, I stay in my lane, but he stays in his lane. You have two votes. Yeah. I have one. Hmm. I mean what you if you eventually get your way. Uh, See, <laughs> you, you have two votes. I have stand up is. <laughs> if I'm, if I go, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint that wall brown. Oh, I mean, no, but you stay in your lane for the house. Like you don't decorate the house. There's no voting. Thank you. We got into a huge oh, no. fight about this because Steve was like, everything in this house no, is because, you. And I was like, right. well, yeah, because that's live, not your area. But I that's, live here too. What do you want it to look like? I want it to be nice, but I would like somewhat of a say in... So then... so then. There's you, a reason this room is painted two colors, yeah, you guys. Problem. Yeah, you shouldn't have got married. <laughs> this, is, this is his color. That's my color. No, <laughs> no so then this one here, yes. she goes, oh, you want to you wanna say so? And I'm like, yeah, I want to say so. She, she puts four colors on the studio here, and she goes, okay, which one do you want? And I'm he like, picked I go, the one I didn't like. I go, well, I like this one. And then it's the, it, then there's consequences. Consequences? So now I have to hear constantly, I don't like the paint color, you screwed up. So that's why two votes and one vote. Like, let's just yes. make life simple. So ultimately, you're the control freak. <laughs> In what, the house, what? I'm the control freak, for sure, 100%. I think I should be a travel agent. So the, the one thing she's and I don't, not yeah, great I don't, at, I don't mess it's up. like I've got us booked flights and hotels through like October, November right now, you know? I mean, and I but, wait till like day of. But, but as a mom, th- there's so much that changes, right? Yeah, so and that, I, well, I don't like to commit. So, that, so that was my other question is now, now raising a family and having to adjust to the way life was, how is that for you guys? I feel like we've done pretty well. Our kids are, I mean, I, I drag them along everywhere. Well, that's what that's I was going to say. We it. see the girls at the shows. Everywhere. When we're at a show, the I girls mean, are there. I mean, if we're there, that's what, that's what we're doing. I don't want to be the family that's like, our kids have to go to bed at eight so they can, they don't even know what this looks like, you know? I mean, because that's just not our life, you know? If yeah. we got up at six, then they'd be getting up at six, but we don't, you know? We're up at 11 p.m., so, so are they, you yeah. know? And it just works until they go to school, and then it. Well, that, that's the scary part. So that's, that's what we're, where we're that's at. That's what we're dealing with, Garrett. Where you know Garrett's able to fly out with us and go on the road and and do stuff with us. Which I don't know about you guys, but I think that Garrett is very intelligent because of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, River's so. If you talk to River, it's like talking to a thirty-year-old. I mean, she's thirty. She's just because she hangs out with in the band. Seven-year-old body. Yeah, she'll ride up in the front and talk to the bus driver for hours and hours. <laughs> they just yeah, <laughs> loves it. Just and you'll hear him like belly laugh, like they're just having the best. Just time. hanging out. Yeah. Best time up there. How yeah. has it been for you adjusting to having to like? I mean, I know you know I'm lucky, right? As a stand-up, when I go when I like for example, we're doing Pittsburgh. I'm there one show Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday. Oh yeah. And then I go home, but we're there for three days. That's nice. Yeah. You guys are load them up, do Go a show, load them up. You're like a baseball player. Yeah, you pretty to, much. You get to stay. I, get, I do a series. I've known a lot of those guys that play pro baseball, and it's like, I'm like, you're so lucky. You get to stay right. in Boston. Unpack your clothes. Yeah. yeah you get to stay oh, in Boston yeah, no. for four days. You get to stay in LA for three days. You get to go then to. 
Colorado and stay for four days. I know when I mean, people ask me at every place, they're like, what's your favorite three places to eat in Boston? I'm like, I have one. Because <laughs> I'm only there for have one, one dinner. <laughs> right. like, and it has to open at five because we eat like old people because Randy has to play a show. Yeah. Right. Like, and and well, you beat the crowd. If you, get, if you eat early dinner, you beat the crowd. Yeah. Yep. And, 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 and your food has to settle oh, before you go, they go on stage, right? Well, you know, it's like when I perform in Vegas, I have a show every single night at 8 and 10 o'clock. So when we have all these couples hanging out, they're like, oh, we all want to go to dinner. And I'm like, well, it has to be five. I know. Because I got to go to See, work. See, I'm not the only one. Oh, I you know. know. Oh, I know. So now here's another big debate that we have. Renee feels like everything we do is on my schedule. That everything has to revolve around. Because he says, "When I'm, does Steve get I'm back?" I'm the control does... freak, but I and he doesn't take a vacation, so our vacation and our travel is all around his work. Yeah, it counts as vacation. So it so it's all around his schedule no, but because Chelsea, that's the necessary. Way, the, the way I see things, and I don't know if Randy sees it the way I do, we live a vacation, and if I get to go to Vegas and get paid to be there, that's vacation. And I don't understand how she doesn't understand. I get frustrated because I'm like, uh, I don't know. We're in we're in San Diego. We're in L.A. We're in San Francisco. We're doing all these great things, and she doesn't consider them a vacation. I well, do because you're stressed out. I, I was about to say I do exactly unless Randy's an asshole. Because you're stressed <laughs> out. You're stressed <laughs> out. You're an stressed. asshole. You're he's, worried about the show. Grumpy. You're Horrible. worried about how many tickets are sold. Horrible. Uh, you're worried about your own set list. You're uh, tired. You're hungover. Yeah. Uh, you're sleepy. <laughs> waking, you're up, waking up and being daddy. <laughs> I know exactly how you feel. For me, the adjustment from like the pandemic back to the road has been, I mean, to, to be quite honest, it's been a little bit difficult. Like, um, not afraid to share that, like, I'm not drinking this week because it's been a lot of, you know, back on the road for three or four days and then thrown back into family life combined with like holidays, events, birthdays, our own personal vacations. Um, the, the balance that used to be, I wouldn't say easy, but that we were used to, um, has been a little bit challenging for me personally to get back into the groove. Uh, I, I mean, no, me all. too. And, and, and it's almost, uh, it's almost different, you know, and I don't know if it was because we were home and we were day to day family life, things. you know, yeah. and then to go back on the road, you know, I, I normally before COVID, I wouldn't do Sunday. Right, because I had gotten to the point in my career where I don't have to do something, right? Yeah. But now with the pandemic still, and there's still places that are half capacity, in order for me to make the money that I would like to make in that market, I have to stay Sunday. So I forget where we were, and I'm like, oh crap, like I just want to be home. Yeah. Like, you know, and I call Sunday sad zone, right? That that last show. You know, I think she, did you recall that she said she was a nurse? Yes. You're not going to get any compassion from these girls. I can save you. I can save you, but I'm not going to be nice. Yeah, she'll save your life, but she's going to be nice about it. That's you. You and Chelsea are very similar. Renee has zero heart. But you know, if you have if you have a heart, I mean, you can't be married to to people. Because well, that's what he goes on stage and talks shit about me for forty five yeah, I mean, minutes, and then he wants crack? me to be sensitive. No, but like, explain to you people. I don't do that. Explain, I, like, yeah. I don't do that. So explain you people because you just said being married to you people. <laughs> you people. What does that mean? Because you can't afford to be sensitive to be married to you people. Do you think that having some girl show her boobs the whole show, which happened while the kids were there two weeks ago, and oh. Nettie Brown. They were nice boobs. <laughs> they were nice boobs. On yes, a guy's yeah. shoulders. I mean, you can't afford to be sensitive. Like, I mean, does it bother me? No. Am, am I happy that he's still relevant? Thank you. I'll take it. But 
Like, that's the line relevant. of the freaking uh, podcast. Am I happy that he's still relevant? Yes, because I pay the bills. Yes, I'm like, love you. Thank you, girl. Thank you for those titties and yes. the ticket you bought. Like, love it. Like, love it. One issue that I know we have. I mean, I'm not crying in the back. Yeah. But you can't yeah, afford yeah. to be sensitive. One, yeah, one issue I know that we have survive. that completely pisses her off is like, I get so used to, in the sports world, it's locker room talk. Right, right. So I'm around a bunch of dudes in a tin can rolling down the highway for, you know, the last, whatever, four days or a week. And we talk about some weird shit. I mean, we talk about stuff that we wouldn't talk about normally and normally in front of our girls. And we act in ways that we wouldn't act normally in a family setting. Yeah, like a band. Like people. I call them pirates. Yeah, like pirates. Yeah. Yeah. In a group setting, even like with just friends in the neighborhood or whatever. Like Jeffrey, for instance, he has very interesting humor, our guitar player. He has very interesting humor. It's very dry. It's very funny. And I I think he's one of the funniest people alive. (laughs) But she says I come home and I'm everything. I I just act like Jeff. Because I think Jeff is so cool and funny. I'm like, why are you acting like Jeffrey? And she doesn't think Jeffrey's cool and funny. No, I think Jeffrey's funny, but it's Jeffrey and it's fun when Jeffrey talks the way that Jeffrey talks, but not when Randy is Jeffrey. And then I also also come home and I, I... I'm used to people on the road, like, you know, hey, would you like a drink? Can I open the door for you? Can I get you this? Can I do that? Uh, can, can I check in the hotel for you? Can yes. I do this? Uh, the other day we said, I'm glad you brought this up. I come, home, I, was gonna I come home next. and I'm like, well, I made all the money. Uh, come over here. And, and she's like, like, get away. You, you actually smell like vodka. You smell like tequila and vodka. Get away from me now. Well, I was going to bring that up because I remember you girls having that conversation of like, well, you're not on the bus and Steve, you're not in your green Let's room. make sure the head fits back through the doorway. Yes, like, yeah. can we just come back in? Let's get off our little, but, not but, the Randy hour But it's anymore. not that easy. Because but it's not that easy. And also, you know, I am the boss on the road. Right. Steve talks about this all the time. Yeah, on the road he's the boss, you know, and then he comes I, I have my road like, manager. I have my comedian. I hire all of them. And you do them. have to delegate well, on the road, and right. then it's nice to come home and not have to do that. But when I get home and my opinion is not even worth twenty percent, nope, not yeah. even ten. Just don't, just don't say. So words. do do I have a fit? Yeah, I have a little <laughs> bit of a fit because I'm like, wait a minute, dude. I would like at least 50%. Here. But it, but in our defense, you haven't been home, right? So We've been like no running that shit without days. you. It's just hard for us to like understand that. Yeah. That, that, that it's been run without you. So Randy, the, no, that what we have to offer now that we're home is absolutely is irrelevant. nothing. Yeah, irrelevant. <laughs> no, no, it's not that it's irrelevant. It's just that like there's a fully functioning system when you're gone. And so it's like, come on board and jump on the system. Yes. Don't come on board and try and, try and mess it all up. Because then I'll, you leave again and we got to put it all back in place. But like, like, they act like we come home and fucking destroy the house. Well, listen, no. the house is a lot cleaner when you're not in it. Oh, oh, oh sorry, Miss Betty out there helping you out. I apologize. No, on the weekends <laughs> when I'm Betty. flying so low, We don't even have a Betty. We call yeah, behind, behind the scenes Betty. Behind the scenes Betty. No, but, but it is a... a a, a transition for me, I'm, I don't want to speak for Randy, but for me to come off the road, to come home. And a lot of times, as you know, in this business, things happen lightning fast, you know, yeah. where I get an interview. I'm sorry, Renee, but your plans have to change. You know, so that's what makes it tough for me is that I'm not doing it on purpose. I don't come home and go, let's fuck up this entire no, I'm, but system. I'm not, I'm not saying no, that he is. I'm purpose. just saying that, like, acknowledge the it fact that... Does. Yes. Acknowledge the fact that that happens all the time in our schedule. Just admit it. Our For schedule the record, does. Uh, like, I'm acknowledging that 
<laughs> we fuck things up. No, we do. You know, yes. He's but, like, but do you want to be ready to eat dinner? And I'm like, it's um, 4.45 and no, I'm not ready to eat dinner. And you have to wait till it's dark outside. <laughs> So he just sits around and waits until it's dark outside. Oh, lunch is the worst. Like, oh. I get home on what Sunday morning. What are we morning? having for lunch? Um, we're, um, we're not. We're having a protein shake. Would you like a shake? No. Just no. We get to a town and we so get bad. off the bus at 11 a.m. And oh. then we scurry to town to find the cool things and uh-huh. cool shops and, you like, know. As the door unlocks, they're waiting. Meet the, meet the local bartender. Like at the lunch place. Find out where the fancy place is to eat. Find out if there's anything in town we should go see. Like, we're up and at them, you know? And so yeah. when I come home, uh, and we are old people, I guess. We do eat early, and I come home, and, like, she's go, she goes to work out, like, at 11 or something. She didn't get back until, like, 1230. It's Sunday, right? And I'm, I'm sitting there with the kids, and I'm starving. He has an hour. An hour to sit at the kids. I'm like, there's a pantry. Have a granola bar. Like, wait. Just sit and wait. <laughs> but I don't get to call the shots, is my point. Yes, yes I agree. and so then I don't get to dictate where we go, when we go. Oh, I what mean, we I'd do. like to wash my hair because I haven't done that in four days because I've had the kids. Four. Oh my god! You know what? You and Renee. So I mean, it's for nice to days, have an hour to wash your hair yeah. while someone else is watching. The for four children. days, I've been this independent nice. soul who's the leader, and then <laughs> the I boss. get I get home and I'm not the leader and no longer independent. Yeah, and it's just like the transition. It's very different. But but it's exactly what you said. Pre-COVID, we knew the system. And then COVID happened, and it and then everyone's really home. It was crazy. And so now it's this figuring out how we... Randy's goal for COVID was to find two hobbies. Started going I fishing. I said, if you do not more. quit following me around asking me when we're going to eat lunch. <laughs> Go do something. Or, so do you want to hump later? What? No, no. I don't. No. I'm, I'm going to go work at my store. Food and I, 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 I don't think Randy said you want to hump. I think it's a little different than yeah, a little hump. I mean, a different... I'm like, you've got to go do something. He's like, well, I may not have it. Which, by the well, way. Go find a hobby. Which, by the way, because of you guys, we now have two bidets in this house. <laughs> <laughs> what does that have yes. to do with humping? No. Well, I don't know. It just it reminded that, me. That's going to um, be the title. Okay. Rick's going to title this episode, Humping and Bidets. Humping <laughs> and Bidets. <laughs> Two things that actually do go hand in hand. Yes. Um, how, how is um, so? I, I want to go back into into your life a little bit, Randy, because um, you know, to me, you know, you're one of the best out there. I mean, you. you well, thanks. You're, Steve. You're the, the, I, I think you are the best. Thank you, sir. And, and but the songwriting, um, there's something really special about your voice that that I always tell Renee all the time. You know, it, would would Randy end up in the finals on the Voice? No. No. Probably not. But. I enjoy your voice more than that person that might, just because there's something special about it. At what point, this little boy in, from Ennis? No, Cleburne. Cleburne. Very close. We, this, play, we played Ennis. Yeah, in little boy from Cleburne decides to be a musician. Where does that come from? You know, the who, who handed you a guitar? I mean, I want to know all of that. It's interesting to me. That's really simple. I mean, my, my dad was a preacher, grew up in church, um, got a guitar when I was like 11 or 12 from him, his best friend, Steve. I would sit around and play guitars. So I taught myself how to play guitar at 12 or 13 with a chord book, you know, and I had a chord chart on my wall, the poster, which every kid should have if they want to learn guitar. Just shows you every chord and every finger position. And I'd sit there and I'd play along with the radio and dreamed about being George Strait and, you know, Willie Nelson. And and then I started writing songs and they were just real simple love songs when I was like 13. But didn't your parents put you in some kind of voice? Well, they, they did, yeah. I mean, in the choir later on, once I... 
Well, I was I was never really in a choir. I wasn't in choir in school, and I didn't do choir at the church other than I would do special music at the church. My my dad preached in these churches that were so small. The choirs were pretty, like they were like four old ladies, and I would maybe sometimes be up there, but I was too young. But I would do, I would perform in church every Sunday. So you go, hey, grab your guitar, sing a song for us. Right, and so, you know, I just, I, I wrote a lot of poetry and a, a lot of like Jesus songs, I guess, praise songs when I was little. And then I just fell in love with music in general. And then at that point in time, well, I was probably 14 or 15, I, I showed interest. I wanted to, remember when Six Flags would have those little side shows where oh, they would yeah. do the singing yeah, and dancing? Yeah, we saw Maroon 5 there one time. So I, I, I dreamed of being in one of those shows. So my mom took me up there and we tried out for that. And I made the call back and they eventually didn't hire me, which might have been the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. It pissed me off. What right? if you were not? What if you were the. Justin Timberlake, like a Disney kid. <laughs> that, that, that guy. Yeah, what that if guy you were is. one of those? What if you knew Britney Spears? But, but you know what so you said right there is so interesting. Is is you like me envisioned yourself on stage, right? I I you know I always envisioned, and and for me, and I don't know how you felt growing up in a little town. I had no idea what a comedy club was. I had no idea how to even begin. Did you feel the same way where you're like, I, I don't even know where to begin? Well, luckily for in my genre, we had the Opry's. So I started playing the Opry's. I played the Burleson Opry and Granberry Opry. And, you know, my grandparents would come out and hear me sing. I was wearing starched jeans and starched shirt, and big old black cowboy hat singing Don't Take the Girl, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, it was is like. Is there a video of that? I know, I right? There's, there's pictures. Of I, I, there is video. Um, but, you know, I think that I had this, I had a dream. I had a vision. Um, and it, it did rub my parents wrong. To be honest, uh, they didn't they didn't see that there was money in it or there was a future in it. They encouraged me to do it. In fact, they like Chelsea said they they put me in a vocal vocal lessons. And so I, I wanted to go on record by saying, 21 years I've never canceled a show because I lost my voice. And I think it was because at 15 and 16 I learned all these techniques to use your diaphragm and to sing from your gut and not use your throat. And to, even if you are credited up and sick, you can still make it happen. And without touching your vocal cords. And anyway, learn all these things when I was younger. Right. And that was because my parents put me in that, right? And so, you know, at 17, I graduated and decided to go to school in San Marcos. And they all they said was, you know, get a degree. We don't care after that. Just get a degree. Get a degree. So I found Cheatham Street Warehouse somewhere at 19 years old and started writing songs every week. And Did that's you, uh, when it really started. Were you ever stage fright? Was it ever... Um... No, because I'd had it since I was a kid. I mean, I've been on stage in front of people at church or in, a, in an Opry setting since I was 12, 13. Now, when was that moment where you wrote a song and you went, aha? Yeah, I mean, I think the song Lost and Found for me. I was uh, 18 years old. My girlfriend had just found somebody else. and You were 18 when you wrote Lost and Found? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was 18. She broke up with me and my roommate uh, and I got into this huge fight and he hit me. Um, it was revolving around her and I wrote Lost and Found. I remember my roommate was, my other roommate was working at Walmart and uh, he came home. I always think about the girl in this story because I just don't know that you were like probably a Real schmoozer at eighteen. No, I didn't have anything. I mean, <laughs> well, I, well, none of us were. I mean, I, a Casanova. I'm just going with probably not a Casanova. <laughs> I, yeah, I, well, she just she just divorced the guy that she left me for. So there's that. So <laughs> not that I'm checking. I also know that. Her name is no. 
you're following up. Well, I'm glad that you. That no, she's she's her. friends with your friend Cheech. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so just still just keeping tabs. So yeah, so lost and just found. Never know. We all are really lost secretly lost and found. My Which little known fact is the actual lost and found. I guess everyone knows this except for me. I always thought it was a bar. You can find me at the Lost and Found. I'm like, oh. I was like, where is that bar? And he's like, no, it's like at school, like the Lost and Found. I'm like, oh, like the literal Lost and Found? <laughs> the, yes, like the things that have been lost and found. Oh, I thought it was a bar the whole time. So, yeah, so I wrote that song, and my friend came home from Walmart, and uh, I'm sitting there on the couch, and I'm, I go, hey, Brian. His name's Brian Garrison. So, hey, Brian, uh, I just wrote this. Tell me what you think. And I remember he was like eating a sandwich and he came over, he sat down on the couch in front of me and he said, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, what? What does that mean? Do you like it? Is it good? He's like, Randy, that is so fucking good, man. Like, what are you going to do? And I was like, what do you mean am I going to do? <laughs> I don't know. He's like, you need to do something. <laughs> and so then that was kind of like it. I mean, we were in this shitty apartment on the east side of 35 in San Marcos, broke as can be. And, uh. So, so then where does it go from there? I mean, do, do you feel that, you know, being at Cheatham Street, you're starting to get fans? Or well, are you walking around campus and people are at like... At that point, I hadn't, wa- I hadn't walked into Cheatham Street yet. So, Did you make flyers? So that was later. but So I, I had these three or four other songs I'd written at that time. And there was these, these cats that owned this music store in San Marcos, and they had a studio. And so I randomly went down there and said, hey, I'm a kid, and I want to record something. And so they recorded these four or five songs. And then they knew Leroy Eichler. Leroy Eichler was George Strait's bus driver. So I drove out to his house. I think he actually lives somewhere in this neighborhood. And uh, went out to his house, knocked on the door, said, hey, I'm Randy Rogers. Here's my demo tape. I'd love to be a songwriter. And so he called me back, had me over at the house. He's like, George Strait's bus driver. We're still friends to this day, and he still drives a bus to George. But, you know, it was like moving like that. Like, I was putting myself in position. So, but so what I always say to Randy is what he lacks in talent, he makes up for in tenacity. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Like, <laughs> he may not win you, the you voice. And Renee are... but he may not win the voice, but by God, he's going to make you play his No, but we talk about that all the time. He will play the song. Steve on this podcast talks about all the time how he's such a hard worker and he's got his hands in so many things. And you're similar. You know, it's not just the songwriting. Like it's not, it's not go. just it's the not playing the music. Go. You're... Yeah. You've got your, he your didn't other just businesses. He play the song and like, someone found him. No, that's the big question that, that I have internally all the time and, and that I'm starting to write jokes about is, okay, you know, something put grit inside of me and Randy. Yeah, something, how do you create somehow, grit? How do you create grit for now kids that live a very privileged life? Our children. You know. Oh, I know. That's why um, I'm like, go outside in the sun. <laughs> Sweat. But do you guys deal with that when, you, when you're raising these girls is... You know, how do we keep them humbled? How do we keep them to understand? You know, I mean, Garrett goes to my dad's house and, and by the way, the house I grew up in and we leave and my son goes, dad, why is grandpa Joe's house so small? <laughs> right. And then I realized that, man, the people we hang out with and yeah, the, the it's house, like they'll never they don't see, see that. that yeah. Right. So whatever gave us that grit and that uh, tenacious attitude you know, how do you, because there's something about, you know, it's funny that you, you say, Randy, very easily that, well, I picked up a guitar and I just learned guitar. Well, a lot of kids get self-taught. A lot of kids get handed a guitar and say, this hurts my fingers and give up. And they're like, this is not easy. Yeah. And and you just loved it. Yeah, I loved it. And um, my parents didn't like, let me go outside much. I don't feel like. Very, (laughs) very sheltered. I was very sheltered. So from like 13 to 17. I mean, you still had to try to find a hobby at 
what during COVID? Forty? You had fun hobby? Yeah, thirteen like, to no seventeen. Hey. hey, we played the chalk last play basketball. I know that's on one hobby. Yeah, our, yeah. our hobby turned into our job, which is awesome for us. Um, at, but at the same time, you know, what what made me driven, I think, was I realized that I had something. You know, when you talk to pro baseball players or pro football players, they knew pretty pretty early, early. on. And like, I'm a big sports fan. Um, I know you are too. And it's like these kids that are in the NBA, they they knew they were going to go to the NBA when they were like 10 years old, 12 right. years old. Do you think it's because people told them that, or they just are like? Mm, There's some. I mean, I, I know that you don't believe that we have talent, either of you. But it's like <laughs> I give them some credit. I give them. You know, you're talented. You take what you're given, and is. As much talent as you have, and you turn that into as much as you can. And I think I mean, for, I'm going 70 30. For my case, like if someone said, What do you do? Is Randy a singer? Is he a guitar player? Passing. Or is he a songwriter? I think I would fall in the songwriter category. I'm no virtuoso on guitar. I'm not, like you said, thanks, Steve, not the greatest singer in the world. But, you know, what I have, the combination of the three, I think works, and I think that's what people are attracted to. I, I think so too, and I think. But what I'm saying about your voice is, there's just something special about mm-hmm. it. No, it's you know, dist- you can distinguish it. Doesn't sound like every other person. And I'm not going to name any names, but you know, you you redid a song that somebody else sang, and I'd much rather listen to your version of it because of the texture of his voice, mm-hmm. because. And there's some heart in your voice. Do you want to know why? There's, there's, there's actually a why. medical reason. Yeah, for I want to know why. Yeah, and she's gonna laugh, but she I know it. she's a nurse. But so I've oftentimes had my throat scoped because oh, of my, my vocal cords. Well, I mean, it's our it's bread and butter. Yeah, right? yeah. So, I don't so say don't your vocal cords. They, you know, when you sing, they come apart, and then they, when they close, they, they come together, right? And so my, I have a birth defect on a vocal cord that makes it open up just a little bit just a sliver. And so the raspiness that is, is because of a birth defect. And so, cause I've been like, also allergy and allergies and, and lots of combinations of things, yeah. but like being if snotty and still being able to, I went to, yeah. I went to one, one of those world renowned doctors, the same doctor that fixed Wade Bowen's vocal cords and had him take a look. And he explained to me that he's seen opera singers. He's seeing all these, these people, these really great singers and the ones that typically have unique or distinctive voices have some sort of defect defect in their vocal cord, which is very interesting. And, and it'll also make you think about all the talk show people that you've listened to through the years, it's all their the voices. Voice like, like, yeah. like Tom Brokaw stands out to me as being one of the greatest voices of all time. Oh, right, yeah. Right. And again, because no one sounded like him. You couldn't duplicate. You right. and I couldn't do Tom Brokaw impersonation. That's so right interesting. Now, um, if we wanted to. Right. But there's so many voices out there. That are, that are unique and luckily you know mine is somewhat unique and when I do sing and people have told me that all through my career it's like you came on the radio we knew it was you right, right. and that's yeah. a special but one. I think that makes a big difference it makes yeah. a huge difference I think and, uh, and and it's not as generic sounding of a voice as, as uh, Wade Bowen well <laughs> for example, <laughs> like Luke for, example. <laughs> for example if we're, if we're doing, using examples Wade Bowen um, but the, you know for me when you when you hear somebody like yourself or, or um, Steven Tyler, for mm-hmm, example, mm-hmm. right, and you go, there's just something special about it, you know. And you, there's one song, and, and for you know, and I think I gravitate towards your music as well. We used Interstate and um, on the special on the, the special, opening till of Till Death, but it was so perfect. And I think that because you live the same life I live, that you're able to write these songs. How has she influenced you? How have the girls influenced you? And now you're writing songs. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every time I tell Chelsea I write a song about her, she has an issue with it. 
Um, in fact, one didn't make the record that I really enjoyed. I, I liked it a lot because the first verse was, I know we've both made our share of mistakes. And she says, I named no fucking mistakes. <laughs> and also it went, made our fair, Mistakes? What are you fair, talking about? I don't know. Or I love that we wound up here. You just wound up here? You just want, you just fell and that's where you decided to sit? No, yeah. Steve says he loves this podcast because only on camera do I admit that I've done something wrong. Like, I'm trying to, like, get people to like No, me. I mean, this podcast I, for Renee and I has, has become therapy. So the, next, so the next single that we're going to bring as a band is a song called Picture Frames. And I wrote it about her, you know, and I wrote it about the fact that she has traveled with me all these great places. And we have got to share the road together and seen all these great cities. And so the first line of the song is, remember that night in New Orleans? And she no, goes... No, what? Because what? what's the next word after? Or it's the rhyme it rhymes with. Remember that summer night in New Orleans? We'd only known each other for a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And she goes, I just hate the way you say New Orleans. Uh, who says New Orleans? Is it because yeah. it rhymes with weeks? <laughs> yeah. So there's really... Like, can you just say New Orleans? Like regular person? <laughs> you can't say New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> Nylons. Anyway, but you know, it's, it's a, that's typical of Chelsea. She, she would never give me a compliment. But do, yeah, Renee's the same way. Well, I mean, he has um, enough people to give him a compliment. My job is to make it better. I mean, <laughs> he has enough people to say he's doing a good job. Do you feel the same way? Steve, I mean, I'm a helper Steve, through really, other but I, ways. But I think that's any man. I think like men in general want to be like coddled Coddle. and baby. And he has a lot of people to coddle him. Yeah, and so Steve's <laughs> always asking for more of that from yeah, me. Yeah, I'm like, oh no, that's, well, not, Renee, that's not my that's not my fortune. Renee's very cold. Renee doesn't, you know, zero affection. But again, you can't you can't talk shit about me for forty five minutes on stage and make a career out of it, and then expect me I, to be like this soft, this emotional, soft, like person. little emo. I, so she she one note she gave me on a joke, and that's the only time that she's ever gone. Please do not do that. And it was when I was doing the bit about us having our baby, and I would oh, make yeah. I would make this noise. And then she I hate was like, that "Sound, I hate it." And even well, doing but, the special, talking about me delivering our child. Oh God! But would they not come in and go? Would they not? <laughs> just, thank God! Every, no. With the pitocin, you know, they'd come in and. But thank God, then, other people had the same note. Otherwise, that noise. would probably be in that special. So, do you usually bring her the idea, or do you wait, knowing her, and go, "All right, I'm going to bring a somewhat of a finished product for her to hear." No, I'll, I'll just write the song and play it for her, and yeah, she'll, he she'll destroy it. <laughs> he writes the songs, and like, but he asks for an opinion, but really doesn't See, want an that's opinion. A, yes, that's See, exactly like, what I was about or to no, say. Or what do you think? And I'm like, oh, that's a weird word. Well, it rhymes. That's why the reason why we used it is because it rhymed that way. Well, you didn't. You asked me if I yeah. thought it was God. what to do with it. It's, it's the worst. Word. And then when you the quit worst. asking, they'll be like, oh, you don't care about. Well, my you don't care about my opinion. You don't want to. You don't well, you don't really, because you asked for it, but you didn't want yeah, it. So you didn't either want, way, you, you don't to care about it. Well, no, you, you no, I, I don't have a. My issue is, and I, I think I'm understanding what's going on here. My <laughs> issue is that Renee does not know the structure of a joke, and I have spent 20 years. <laughs> no, I would never do what you do. The way to tell a joke. So then, when I she goes, "Why did you do that joke that way?" I'm like, "Well, because of this, this, and this." She said, "Well, you don't have to do it that way," and I'm like. You're talking to me about this is my department. Yeah, I don't say that. No, we, we run into a little bit of that. I say, <laughs> I just say. I mean, I think New Orleans sounds funny. <laughs> but Chelsea, what's the? What do you think the biggest struggle is um, in your relationship? Is it the touring? Is it 
you know, what is the biggest issue for you guys? I, I think our biggest issue would have to be the the figuring scheduling, our our life schedule. And, and see, me, and, see, I wouldn't say it's scheduling. What do you Ours think? Ours is, is the minus the the between the back and forth. Because when he's home after three or four days, we got it. When he goes out after three or four days, we got mm-hmm. it. But there's never three or four days. There's three days, and then there's three days. Yeah. So it's that quick, like. There was uh, there was a country music artist. It was in the Hall of Fame when I went through there. I think it was Jerry Reed. It may have been Jerry Reed, but he had a room in his house, and he bought everything from the Holiday Inn. Like everything from the, like the like had a pool house, like an outside house, and it he made it look like the hotel. The hotel. Uh-huh. And the first day back with the family, he would see them and, and interact with them, the and he would go sleep by himself. That is so bizarre. Sober up or whatever, but right. not and a bad then, idea. And then get back to normal, you know, just like a transition like transition room, in. transition room, and it worked. I'm well, not I'm not suggesting that because that would really piss me off, but you know. But I get a lot. We're not of, the only ones that have struggled with this, right? Well. Yeah. Well, and I also told Renee, there's people out there that are insurance salesmen. Yeah, right? that are my, all the time. My, my friend Ponch, who is a um, financial guy, he's on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, we are lucky and blessed. Uh, what we do is really fun. Yeah. You well, I mean, and, and I think our situation is a little different too, in that Steve and I are lucky that we work on a lot of things together. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have your own business and that's completely separate. And Randy has his business and they're Oh, that's another separate. thing. Does Randy get involved with your business? Cause for, for those of you that don't know, if you find yourself in new Braunfels, you have a beautiful shop. Um, no, no, tell them the website because oh, they can shop online. Anyone shop can shop river rose. She has really, rose. really cute stuff. Really cute it stuff. Is. Shop river rose. So sure. when did that come into, well, I want to do a, a boutique. Oh, I tried to stay at home with River because it made no sense to go back to nursing, but I'm a worker bee. So then I was like, oh, I have to do something. So I just decided the smartest move, which wasn't smart, was to open a store when she was six months old. So oh, I didn't realize seven. that she was six months old. Yeah, when so I've had it seven years. There's one in Lubbock, too. D- does, does he get involved? Does Randy get involved with decision making? He wanted making to. I think there? at first he thought that he'd come in there and all the little girls working there would be like, oh... Randy and now he calls and they're like he's calling again and I'm like <laughs> I'm like you get it you get it he's like they just bring me the phone he's calling <laughs> he's calling yeah I thought it was gonna be like well I'm gonna have my own boutique and I walk in there and they don't care no one cares um but it, you know it's gotta help right that that you're Randy Rogers wife and you oh, have yeah, this beautiful totally boutique yeah I mean it's great I'll take it and but does he what a, does he do it I mean, I thought if it didn't work out, he could like busk at the front, you know, for money. But, uh, but it worked. I mean, that was always my plan, like C. So I've broken down some boxes and taken out some trash, but not often. But I like do. twice in seven years. Whatever. It didn't matter. But when he, I wasn't there, he popped in to see if I was there, and there was a little girl there that was working. That was. But do you get involved at all with the way the shop runs, with what merchandise you should have? Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. I'm wondering. Look at me. No. No. <laughs> Like well, I just I remember finding that shirt and I hate that I can't find it is the Highwayman shirt uh-huh. that you had or no it was a Waylon Jennings yeah. shirt and I love wearing that shirt and I can't find it anymore. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure it got lifted at a hotel. Yeah. Well, that's a problem. I I leave crap on the road that doesn't make it right, and then she gets mad because well that's why I wear garbage. He does, if, he does wear garbage. I always wear the free stuff. Yeah, yeah. She gets so oh, mad at me for wearing God. free stuff. I'm like, it's, it's free. Why are shirts? He was doing one and it was like 
for an energy company, like a little fishing shirt and with the logo. And I'm like, you look like you work there. Could you? Like, I know you wore it for the the thing, but like, you don't work there. Like, stop wearing that shirt. Yeah, but it's free. It's free. And he just wears all the free shit constantly. But if you want to send him some stuff, guess who's going to wear it? This guy. I'm the same way. He'll wear yeah. all the free shit. Free hat. All the free stuff. It's constant. But you know, you know, Timmy calls me gift baskets. Right. Uh-huh. That's what Timmy, my road manager calls me gift baskets. Cause <laughs> every time we go in the green room, he's like, gift, gift basket, another gift basket. <laughs> so I always get crown Royal. Cause I talk about crown on stage. Uh-huh. So at first I'm like, Ooh, I got a bottle of crown Royal. So you know? exciting. And now I'm like, give it to staff. Like I, I, I don't need another bottle of crown Royal. And then I, I run low here and I'm like, all right, Timmy, we're back to, <laughs> back to, back to gift <laughs> baskets. Gift bring, the, <laughs> bring the gift baskets home. But did you ever, Randy, do you ever have the feeling of I made it in your career? There's been a few moments. Um, the, those moments also go away. You know, I think when we played David Letterman, it was my national TV, um, you know, debut. And I remember as a kid going back to that 12 or 13 year old me, you know, with the TV off, you could see your reflection on TV and stand there in front of it and play and think one day I'm going to be on TV. I'm sure you did the same thing. Um, so that moment, playing with David Letterman, <clears throat> Clint Eastwood was the guest. You know, I, I thought that was it. I mean, smoking weed with Willie Nelson after that happened. I was, and now he's I, your I friend. Was like, I was like, I made it. Uh, my, my dreams have come true. <laughs> and then I played the, the Houston Rodeo with George Strait, opened for George Strait, and there was 85,000 people uh, reliant and I, th- I thought after that hey you know if it all goes to shit after this you know I, I set out and accomplished all my goals right I still haven't had a number one either as my band or as a songwriter but that's coming I think it is coming and and you know I, I found it I always find it so interesting and we've talked about it on the podcast you know I never felt racism until I moved to LA like as a Mexican kid growing up in Texas, we were just Texans, mm-hmm. right? I had white friends, black friends, and we were all just Texans. And it was never, you know, well, you know, we were very mixed in high school. I don't know about you guys. We were but too. I was white from West Texas. Yeah, I never know, even you, thought about you it. You hung out with the Mexican kids, the white mm-hmm. kids, the, you know, everybody just hung out, right? And then when I moved to LA, um, everything was so separate. It was like, oh, well, that's the Mexican neighborhood and that's the black neighborhood. And, you know, so... I always used to say, like, you know, as much as people say, well, Texas is so racist, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, getting to know Randy, finding out that most of most of Randy's friends in New Braunfels I was like, are, I was wondering, are, how did we go? Are Mexican-American. To- no, I'm getting to the, the collaboration of um, the Chupacabra song. Oh, Randy's new song. Right. And, and for Randy to reach out to, and forgive me, I forget their name. La Macanaria. La Macarania. How did that, how did that, I, I just feel like. Like I said, most of Randy's friends when we play basketball, uh-huh. it's Randy, white guy, and a bunch of Mexicans. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we call ourselves the Chanclas, right? I feel like deep down Randy would love to be a Mexican. Well, but that's what I mean is there's such an influence here. Bueno. Right? But there's influence, bueno. right? And how did that collaboration come to fruition? Yeah, we met uh, Keith Nieto and I met through a mutual friend, Carlos Alvarez, who's the head of the Grammy board here in Texas. And um, we had the idea for the song Chupacabra um, from a songwriter friend of mine named Jim Beavers, who also wrote Red Solo Cup um, and lots of other big hits. But I just love to throw that out there because he loves it. Um, he had the idea for Chupacabra and for me to collaborate with someone. So I reached out to Carlos. Carlos made the intro to Keith. 
I learned all about Macanario and Ortania and where they travel and their fan base and the similarities we, that we have. They've been on the road about the same time, as long as we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had so much in common, and we wrote the song, and then it all came to life in the studio with their band and our band and, you know, created this dance craze that is taking over the nation. No, it's awesome. I mean, and it's, <laughs> but it's a fun song. It's a fun song. And then for me, it's like, okay, well, here's this country singer who that's got to be the Texas in you, the Texan, you know, because you don't see that other places. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you got George Strait singing El Rey. Yeah. Yeah. I've had collaborations with Willie, you know, with Jerry Jeff, lots of my heroes. Uh, but never a collaboration that like pushed me out of my own box. Cross you know? genres, like a crossover, yeah. yeah. And it, it pushed it pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, I think for any other artist out there, I think it's a great idea, you know, to stretch yourself and to and open your mind up and to not be afraid to take a chance. Because I tell you, I played that song for all my peers before it came out, all my other lead singer folk, and uh, they were just mad at me. They were like, "Damn it, you did it first! Like that's such a great idea. Right. It sounds so good." And we wish we would have done it. And I think more people should take chances. But there's also, uh, you know, if you go to any Randy show, any, you know, Wade Bowen show, there's the Mexican-American and then there's, you know, the white people. And it's a very, they dress the same, you know. I think the Mexicans might have a little pokier boots, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's definitely, to me, already, it was already happening. Yeah. And then you took it there. So how did the Chupacabra song, who wrote that? So, yeah, we all wrote it together. So Jim Beavers, his brother Brett Beavers, myself, uh, and Keith Nieto, saxophone player for La Macanaria and Ortania. So we all wrote it. To, it all was a COVID thing. We all were writing it over um, Zoom and back and forth recordings. And then once COVID kind of let up a little bit, we were able to get into the studio in Nashville and all bang it out. So, so usually when you record, you guys go to Nashville? No, uh, we just got finished recording in Louisiana and Maurice, Louisiana, at a studio called Dockside, where um, just so many great blues and uh, Louisiana Cajun stuff has come out of. We've recorded in Austin, we've recorded in Nashville, we've recorded, um, where else? I can't remember where else, but. Do you, do you, Chelsea, do you usually go, the whole family goes now, or? No, because it's, they're working all the time. Boring, yeah. really, I mean. They, they just, he'll sing like for 10 minutes out of the whole day and you just kind of sitting there tinker at two. Well, that's around. how, you know, Renee, he just kind of paces around, you know, Renee's yeah, never like, seen, oh, uh, yeah. Renee's never seen Ohio. Hold on, take it back once. I did. I went to Cleveland, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And but yeah, Renee looks at my calendar and goes, oh, oh Florida, California, yeah, oh, people are, New York. People are like, Oh, um, well, do you go everywhere? And I'm like, oh, no, I only go to the fun ones. you got to yeah. figure out what's like, worth packing up the kids. Yeah, and all like, we're not going. No, yeah. no, no. What's the plan when uh, we go to kindergarten? Well, she's in, now she's going second, so. Oh, gosh. River, River's, River's in second. She's in second yes. grade already. So we've done it for two years, and it's not as bad as I thought. Well, help us understand. Do you just miss a list? Yeah, what do you do? No, not really. I mean, you can, but we really didn't. I mean, kindergarten... My mom's here, so if we go anywhere, you know, we'll, we can make a long weekend out of it. Yeah. And there's a lot, I mean, a lot of holidays. I mean, for like your, your typical one. So we'll kind of yeah. do it around that. And then if he's gone for longer, then I'll just go up by myself and my mom will watch him for a couple of days. But, Luckily, we yeah. have my, her mom. Just, yeah. By the way, Jan, yeah. you're a saint. I was going to say, oh, you don't have a Betty, you have a Jan. I do have a yeah. Jan. Yeah. Jan's awesome. I remember walking into oh, yeah. the shop and she's there with the babies. Oh, yeah. 
like hanging clothes and oh and, yeah and, she's in it and how about your parents yeah so unfortunately my dad passed away in during covid not from covid but yeah, he had a long long battle with cancer yeah and uh, my mom i think is finally coming out of her shell um, yeah. so she's still up in good old cleburne texas there's got to so. be something great about i mean you got to make the people of cleburne proud i mean i don't think i mean you know, you know that billy bonnell the comedian uh-huh. is from cleburne oh no and it was funny because he goes, Steve, I really want to do Dallas with you, you know. And he goes, uh, do you know Cleburne, like where Randy's from? Randy Rogers is from Cleburne. <laughs> yeah, they, like they yeah. had this pride of you, you know, and, and same with Gregory Portland, right? Yeah. Where people like, well, Steve Trevino's from here, you know. And it's cool, but it, there's, I still go home and, the, you know, I, I don't know if you deal with this, but, you know, I have people, you changed Trevino. And I'm like, no, you changed. I'm the same Randy goes and he like goes in the gas station and he's like looking around, hoping that someone will recognize him. But we don't, I don't, ever, don't, we don't look like that. Ever see <laughs> him. I, I love her imp- impression. He's like oh, just casually getting a water at the <laughs> gas station. And he's like with the water fountain, <laughs> looking around. <laughs> look and around. then he's like, "Let's go." I'm looking for lottery tickets. This place is dead. <laughs> Nobody recognized me. Let's go. Like, Steve was, saying, I I like, need, Steve was like, I won the lottery. I don't need a lottery ticket. <laughs> yeah. So my in-laws are, are walking in the neighborhood and, and they come home and they go, oh, man, I bet they see us and think they won the lottery. And I tell my in-laws, I'm like, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking did. Dude. Enjoy. Enjoy the lottery. Um, but uh, we, we, we love that you guys came in and, and hung out with us. We could talk forever. We could talk forever. And I know that, that Randy and Chelsea have places to be and yes. things to do, but there's something special about New Braunfels and there's something special about what we do. And, and, you know, people always ask me, who are the artists that you admire? Right. And I always admire the artists that for so, somehow have made this marriage thing work. Family, you right? Know, Family and life on the road. It makes me feel like, all right. It can happen. Despite all the problems that we do have, it, it can be made. So who are the artists that, that you guys admire? And is it the same? Do you admire artists? Like George Strait for me is, is one of my all-time, like here's a guy who's mm-hmm. couldn't be any bigger of a star and has managed to stay married, mm-hmm. you know? And who's that for you guys? Well, I mean, you just nailed it on the head, but I mean, George has been married to Norma for I don't know how many years forever um what a great example he's set for all of us um you know i think that a lot of times in this industry music and touring and the if you want to call it fame i don't like to say that we're famous or that we're celebrities but you know what the things that go along with being on a stage can really divide and separate and um you know chelsea and i do have conversations about how our family is more important than anything coming between us and that nothing will break us up. And I think just having that, um, having that drive, having that desire to stay together and the choice every morning when you wake up to stay putting in the effort yeah, to do that. that. Cause who it do, takes who do I see? I mean, I see people all the time that I think, Oh, that's like, that's great. Um, Shannon and Cody Canada. I like that their kids are involved. I like that they let them do their own thing. I like that they are make a point of having them all there all the time. I see them everywhere, and I'm like, I'll oh, see. I like that. Like, yeah. it's not just them yeah. together, but the whole thing. And the they stay together through like a huge breakup of a band, and you know, like a lot of things. You know, it's just I just feel like that is kind of a good family. Like, hey, you can do that. Local New Braunfels. If they peeps. can do it, I can do it. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, well, I, I mean, we feel the same way. Like we're like, all right, well, if they say, can do it, we can do it. Yeah. And, and you know, Renee, see what they're doing. Renee hit me with something early in our, on our marriage that like really changed my point of view on things. And you know, I had told Renee, I'm like, you know what, fuck this. Like I'm leaving, and I'm tired of this shit. You know, and we're having this huge argument. And then Renee goes, I want you to notice that I've never threatened to leave. I say it all the time. You shouldn't say that. You know, and it, for me, <laughs> no, but like you is, shouldn't say that. Like it's it, not it, something it, you should say unless you absolutely mean it. And then once you go, go. Don't you come back? Oh my God, y'all are the fucking. Don't same. come back. Yeah. yeah, but but you know what? I think that I need that. I think I need that. Like, hey, first of all, I'm here. I'm in this shit with you, and I've never threatened to leave. You're the one threatening to leave, and ultimately, if you want to leave, I'm fucking fine without you. That's Renee's <laughs> attitude. Another couple, Pat and Corey Green. Pat Green and his oh, wife, yeah. Corey. Oh, yeah. Pat and Corey are great. They've and their been... kids are involved. And yeah. we all hung out with them this weekend. He played Green Hall and we all floated. She called me. Randy was out of town. He was like, so you're, you're floating with Pat and Corey? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and the girls. And they have a rainy. Oh, but yeah. she's 15. And uh-huh. so she had her friends. And me and the, I took my little ones. And we all, me, Pat, Corey, Rainy and her four friends and my two little or my oldest one, River, we all floated. Yeah. I'm oh, like, fun. Randy was like. Oh, well, I kind of want to fly. So how long has Pat been with his wife? Probably 20. 20 they just had their 20, maybe oh, fifth or sixth wedding anniversary. Yeah. Wow. And if she was sitting right here, they grew up about nine miles from each other. No shit. Same I mean, person. it is the exact same person. The three of y'all, exact same. same. So, oh, so that means, you know. It's a personality type. Personality type. Sure. I think so. That has to marry this personality type. And no for it to work. But but I, I, I agree with that because we're me you know, Renee's the planner, Renee's the book smart, Renee's the like I need sticky notes to remind me. I'm the like pull the trigger, let's go, hundred miles an hour, right? There's a business opportunity, I'm fucking doing it. And then she's the wait, wait, wait a minute, let's look at the numbers of this business opportunity. <laughs> Do you think that's a good idea? <laughs> right. <laughs> So, Should you buy the Kawasaki that doesn't fit in the garage? I saw that thing. Uh, like, what there. is this? So first, first thing I saw when I walked up, I said, that looks like some redneck Mexican stuff right there. <laughs> That's some Randy Rogers Macaneria <laughs> shit. Right you need flames on that thing. Why are there no flames well, so on there? My I friend, want to get Captain Evil put on the side sure, of it. with flames. Yeah. No, so so I parked the, the mule in the garage, and then the hailstorm comes. And Renee's Land Rover's out there. And the fucking So she won't let it go. Now she's like, well, your stupid fucking mule (laughs) was in the garage and my Land Rover is all fucking dented. But I don't know about Chelsea, but Renee doesn't let things go. Ever. No. It it takes (laughs) weeks sometimes. Weeks. And then it gets brought back up two weeks later. I'm like, we are. Oh, it'll get brought back up the next day. And he's like, why are we talking about old shit? I'm like, it happened less than 12 hours ago. (laughs) No, but my mom. It's not even old. I'm like, that's relevant. But I don't have a time machine. I can't go back. Like I told her, I'm like, can we get over this and move forward? (laughs) Or or we're just going to fucking harp on this shit. Can't. You know, I'm sorry I didn't wake up because I was drunk. I apologize. Okay, let's not end on a fight. Okay, yeah. We find a lot on this. How podcast. do you fix it for the next time? That is the question. I always tell Renee, like, Renee likes to get mad at me. Renee likes to get mad at me for shit I haven't done. I just can anticipate stupidity. Oh, I know. Oh, I can tell. No, I'm like, let like, me So not, guess what's going to happen no, tonight? This is what's going to happen. And I need for you to not morning? let it happen. <laughs> let me not wake up in the morning. I don't have time for that. There's no time for that. But that night, she's like, oh, you're going to drink tonight? And I'm like... <laughs> 
Yeah, but I'll be up in the morning. No, you won't. <laughs> I'm oh I'm solid. Oh, well, you're solid popper upper. We, I know this has been a long conversation, but let's go. Let's end on a positive note. Yes, let's end on a on a positive note. Thanks um, to all the fans. Yes, for sure. We call them family. Yes. Um, I told Renee, you know, it's it's fan is such a weird word to me, and I, I heard you earlier talk about that about fame and celebrity. Um, so to all the friends, um, and do me a favor. I encourage you, for those of you that don't know Randy and his music. Put Randy Rogers in your Spotify and enjoy. Randy Rogers Band. Yes, Randy Rogers Band and enjoy because you're you're one of my favorites. Um, there's so many songs that mean so much to to Renee and I that you have. One of the reasons we use the Interstate for um, the opening of Till Death because it just that was your suggestion and we were like that song is perfect. It is perfect. It's I don't have the time to unpack anymore yeah yeah you know so uh randy chelsea thank you for for joining us here in our home in our studio it was so fun um I'm, I'm i'm interested to see what the uh, uh what the comments are we get a lot of comments <laughs> and i want to see what people say here's to the rogers and the trevino randy thank seems you. nice that's what the comments is yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's a great singer steve fuck you and both your wives are very negative both of you. peace out <laughs>